Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Film Photography Podcast, episode 107, July 15th, 2014. We have a very special show today. Matt Mirage was on the road at Photostock 2014 in Harbor Springs, Michigan, USA. It's the annual event hosted, presented by Bill Schwab. And Matt has some great, great interviews with some awesome photographers using traditional film that is not to be missed. Whether you're a beginner or an experienced professional, I think everyone will enjoy these interviews. He's going to be interviewing Polly Chandler, Elliot Dudick, Clay Lipsky, Ryan Zoglin, and Bill Schwab. Before we get started, I'd like everyone to know that Matt Marash himself is hosting a workshop on Saturday, August 23rd from 9 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. at the MPEX Learning Studio in Columbus, Ohio. Here's Matt to tell us a little bit about this awesome event. This is Matt Marash, your man in the Midwest, here to talk to you today about my upcoming workshop, Saturday, August 23rd, at the MPEX Learning Studio that's in Columbus, Ohio. It's going to be called Shooting Film in a Digital World. This is going to be an all-inclusive, start-to-finish, beginning film, learning about the process, how to load it, expose it, develop it, scan it, manage it in post, all of that stuff. We're going to cover it. We're going to have a full day just having fun and learning about film. It's going to be a great series of live demonstrations. We're going to have cameras, film available, FPP swag, of course, and even a few giveaways there. Cost of class is 99 bucks, limited to the first 30 participants, I believe. You can find out more about this workshop at mpex.com, so mpex.com slash learn, where you can sign up for any of their really cool classes that they have available. And that, again, is called Shooting Film in a Digital World. You can also find out more at filmphotographyproject.com, and you can find some stuff out on my personal site, mattmirage.com. Uh, Shooting Film in a Digital World, again, Saturday, August 23rd, and I uh, hope to see you there. Thank you, Matt. Let's get right into Photostock 2014. Once again, Mr. Matt Marash. Hey there, FPPers. Matt Marash here at Photostock 2014, my fourth year here on the road, checking out this great event hosted by Bill Schwab. I'm sitting here right now with a very lovely lady who has some amazing work. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Polly Chandler. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for interviewing me. This is your first photo stock, is it that is. right? It is my first photo stock. So how did you hear about this crazy event? From Bill Schwab on Facebook. Oh, okay. So you're Facebook friends? Yes. So, uh, Polly, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, the kind of work that uh, that you shoot for the, uh, the folks out there? Yeah, um, I shoot mostly large format Polaroid Type 55, which was discontinued in 2009. Sadly. Sadly. And when that happened, I found out a little bit slightly before it was announced. I took out a credit card and charged it, maxed it out, and bought as many boxes as I could, $11,000 worth, and my fridge is full. Although there's a little bit of a um, hole in it now. I now have room for eggs and some a little bit of like cut-up watermelon. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So we have uh, on the, the show, we talk about shooting film, shooting instant film all the time. Our host, Michael Rosso, he's an absolute Polaroid freak. So when you talk about 55, yeah, we're, yes. we're, on, we're on to it. We have a lot of listeners, they have a bad case of gas. So we, this is definitely not helping. Gear acquisition syndrome. Oh, I was like, that's really personal. <laughs> gas X will help. Uh, there you go. So tight, so tight 55, so exclusively tight 55? No, or? Um, no so I... Um uh, sometimes I'll shoot with my RB67, and I actually love 
Polaroid 665, which is the medium format version mm -hmm. of Type 55. And now I wish I had opened a second credit card and sucked up on that because we've been shooting more. I've been taking a little break from the um, 4x5 and shooting some medium format square mm -hmm. images and I'm starting to run out of that and it, um, <laughs> that is uh, depressing me a little bit but I'm, I'm hoping with new 55 that they'll eventually explore different mediums maybe they'll move down to uh, medium format I don't know that for sure mm -hmm. just dreaming <laughs> just fantasizing but no and then I have a Rolleiflex and a Hasselblad I I'm a, a film lover, so... Oh, that's great. So, you mentioned New 55. Folks, if you have been to the New 55 or checked out the Kickstarter page or gone to the, the Blogspot website, you'll, the first image you'll see is actually one of Polly Chandler's, yeah. They yeah. made it, yes. I tried to help as much as I could. I just said, please use my image if you need it. Um, I said, you could put it on one of your t-shirts to give away. Um, I talked to uh, Sam Heiser, really nice guy. He's part mm -hmm. of the group. Gave my two cents as much as I could There's because there's a small group of men and I was the only woman and I was <laughs> sort of giving my opinion on marketing and I don't know if I helped but um, well, I, they made it so <laughs> well, I promoted it a lot on my page as much as he could and um, they did it and I was just ecstatic I even made my mom um, donate so but I'm gonna pay her back I'll pay you back mom I promise <laughs> oh very good um, well no that's great we had a lot of FPPers contribute uh, I know myself all the hosts we, we kicked yeah, in for yeah. Doom 55 and honestly I don't even shoot 4i5 but I want to see it happen yes, so it's right. it's a very important thing to see happen when it happened, I, I said on Facebook, I said, this is a, a loud, I think, just a collective scream that f people still love film. And so listen, film companies, you know, <laughs> listen, we still want to shoot film. Actually, you said something um, really cool. I don't know if it was before your presentation or during yesterday. You're talking about, you know, when film companies discontinue film it's kind of like uh, a mm -hmm. well I liken it to like type 55 I started using it when I was in graduate school so about 2001 2002 I have to admit I used it for ease because um, I worked three jobs and I was in school doing you know papers and shooting but then it became my favorite film you know it's like a love affair mm -hmm. it's my medium of choice like a painter would love a certain kind of paint or I often use this analogy, a graffiti artist, right? Mm -hmm. or not, not a tagger, a graffiti artist, yeah. right? Who really, really loves um, to use spray paint. And what if, what if suddenly it was announced spray paint would no longer be made and you had to do your graffiti on a computer? How devastating that would be. A lot of people don't understand at first what I'm saying. Like, it was really hard to know my medium of choice was being... Mm -hmm discontinued so and of course I could adapt but I didn't I want to use the, the the film that that I that makes that I get off on you know that yeah. it makes me excited that's great so. and uh, so where can uh, FP peers go to, to see some more of your work polychandler.com very good or and Facebook or Facebook. Yeah, yeah, she added me on Facebook, folks. Yeah, She's I pretty did. good about that. I do put some different, like, older images on Facebook just to kind of keep it different than the website. And sometimes I get silly on there. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll put a song or something. So Very cool. And, and then just a little thing I, I started adding ever since I really got addicted to going to Photostock. What is your favorite thing about Photostock here? Oh, my gosh. Let me think. There's a lot. <clears throat> I think everybody is so kind and and um it's been a lot of laughing and bill schwab 
you heard it here, folks. <laughs> heard it here first. So uh, come to Photostock if you uh, if you have the chance. You're in the area. Uh, we already have the dates announced for next year. We'll be posting those in the show notes. So uh, we'll hope to see you here. And thanks again, Polly. Thank you. This Polaroid instant camera actually has a computer inside. It works out the exposure. You don't need a light meter. You don't have to measure distance either. The focusing's done for you. And you don't worry about light. The built-in flash gives you just the right amount. That's it. Just press the button. There you are in 90 seconds. Razor-sharp image and bright, lasting colors. Polaroid. Just press the perfect pictures. Hey there, FPPers. Matt Mirage here. I'm at Photostock 2014. The party's just about to get started, but I had just enough time to pull Mr. Elliot Dudick over here to chat with us about some of his really remarkable uh, large format color work. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Elliot Dudick. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> nice to be here. Yeah. So, uh, what uh, what brings you uh, all the way to Photostock? How did you uh, how did you hear about this this great gathering? Well, I'd been uh, following Bill Schwab for a number of years on social media, and in the last couple of years, we started interacting a little more, uh, mostly on Facebook, and uh, I think he'd been following some of my work, and I'd been following his, and um, a few months ago, he reached out and asked me if I was interested in coming up and giving a presentation and doing a, a workshop on bookmaking, and, uh, and along with Meg Griffiths, who conducted the Sienna type side of things. Wow, that's great. So, uh, yeah, you, you gave a presentation to us uh, last night, and you were talking about a couple different projects. Can you, uh, for the folks at home that are going to be uh, typing on their keyboards as we speak, trying to find your stuff, uh, can you give us just a quick outline of uh, what kind of work uh, you're doing, uh, what your newest book is? Sure. Um, I started with a review of uh, some work I made and published back in 2010 called Road Ends and Water, which was a documentation of a space between Charleston, South Carolina, and Savannah, Georgia, um, coastal South Carolina, an area that I lived in before I went to grad school and fell in love with, and the moving away from it um, caused me to go back and uh, document that space and the people that live there. So I started there and then moved into a project I'm working on currently called Broken Land, which is a series of landscapes made with a 100-year-old 8x20-inch view camera uh, where I'm sliding two sheets of uh, Kodak 8x10 uh, color film in into the film holder at the same time and exposing simultane- simultaneously. Uh, to create these landscapes that have a separation between them, to talk about the divide in the country back in the uh, mid-19th century and um, the divide in the country today. And then went into another series that spawned out of the Broken Land series called uh, Still Lives, which are portraits of uh, reenactors, but shot with a large-format camera, uh, shooting straight down on them as they lay upon a platform that I built for them that raises them up off the ground, makes them look like they're kind of levitating or floating off off the, the landscape that they're fighting for. Uh, and then briefly sh- uh, shared a few other projects that I'm also working on now that have, have j- just started, so only a few images from each one was um, part of a collaboration uh, in Mississippi with about eight to ten other photographers that are documenting the Mississippi Delta. And um, and then another project that's tentatively called uh, Paradise Road, where I've uh, mapped out every Paradise Road in the country, and I'm traveling to as many of those as possible to 
take a look at what uh, paradise looks like and uh, photographing what I find there. Wow, that uh, that's well, you just you just ta- outlined five projects. I mean, there, there's folks out there that are struggling with one. Uh, how do you how do you keep it all together? How do you keep it all straight? And uh, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I you know I jot things down here and there, but most of it's uh, just floating around in my head and um, constantly coming in and out. And and I uh, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of organized and kind of sporadic at the same time. I'll be I'll be working on one thing and something else will f- fly through my head, and all of a sudden I'm working on that. Um, you know, on these trips, I, you know, I drove from Columbia, South Carolina, to the Mississippi Delta. Spent about a week and a half there, working on that collaborative project, and then drove from there to Northern Michigan for photo stock. And so I spent a couple of days before the trip, kind of mapping out everything that I was trying to accomplish on the trip for several different projects. So I had a bit of an itinerary as to what, uh, where I wanted to be, and when in order to hit specific spots for different projects so I was kind of zigzagging it, t- it took me several days to get to any one of those destinations because I was, I was kind of zigzagging across the country to hit specific points wow that's that is that's great no personally you know, I, I do some 8 by 10 work but just seeing seeing your work seeing how well put together it is you know for the presentation in the books it's just very very inspiring and uh Really, really great stuff. It's so incredibly consistent. The the color, the style, just it's beautiful. Couple couple quick, you know, technical house cleaning kind of uh, kind of questions because you know uh, I do occasionally sound like a broken record. I do favor the large format photographers when I do my interviews. What is it about? Uh, you know, is it the process? Is it just another tool at the end of the day? What What do you like about shooting? You know, the big cameras. What does it bring something to the image? Uh, how, what's your opinion on that? It's certainly about the the process for me, um, mostly. Um, it's a real pain in the ass to to try and drive around the country or even especially hike with this kind of equipment. So <laughs> oh, yeah. there, you know, there has to be a reason to use it for sure. And for me, it's the process, just uh, com- completely slowing me down for sure. Um, the cost involved in in the whole um, process helps uh, me move around a space and spend time with the space and make make a very specific decision before I expose any sort of image, which to me not only is more fun and rewarding, but I find it to produce better results, in my opinion. That's just, for, for me and my, my process, that's what works for me. Uh, and it's incredibly exciting to set up that camera, to determine a spot, set up that camera, get under the dark cloth and see that image reveal itself on on the ground glass and make make decisions from that it's really quite magical and then even just holding the film in my hands in my studio um scanning it and and hanging it up to dry and looking (laughs) at it and you know having it on the shelf i I just like having those things i'm a collector of all sorts of things so my collection of negatives is really important to me that's great. No, it's it's awesome. We, we love interviewing folks that you know are equally in love with film as, as all of our listeners at home. Um, you, you mentioned Kodak real quick. Uh, I remember first hearing about your work maybe about a year, maybe six months ago. Uh, Kodak Alaris was uh, was definitely talking about your eight by twenty work. Do you have a good relationship with them? Or? I, I have a fantastic relationship with them. They've been they've been really wonderful to me. Um, for you know, they they came across my work uh, about a year and a half ago, and um, have been very very supportive. And I try to be as supportive as I can for them. Uh, and and I hope all the other film lovers out there 
Kodak lovers uh, can show their love as well. That's excellent. So uh, a couple other quick questions. I, I ask this uh, to everybody that comes up to Photostock. You know, we know why why you're here, but what is your absolute favorite thing about uh, a meetup like Photostock? Oh, I try to get to uh, events like these as, as often as possible because um, I, while I'm here, especially, and, and as I walk away for the next several months until the next event, it's it's uh, it's empowering and inspiring to spend time with like-minded folks who um, stay up late into the night and get up early in the morning and talking about photography and sharing their their uh, work that they're so passionate about. Yeah, it's, uh, it's all about meeting those people and seeing the people that I met the last time at the last event um, and, and cultivating those relationships that I expect to last a lifetime. It's very exciting. That is excellent. Uh, so other folks out there can cultivate a relationship with you, hopefully. Uh, where can they find your work? Well, um, certainly on my website, which is uh, elliotdudick.com. I currently have a show up at the University of Laverne in, just outside of Los Angeles. I, from where I'm at in Columbia, South Carolina, yeah, I consider it Los Angeles, but for the folks in Los Angeles, they would certainly call it something else. I think they call it the uh, Inland Empire or something like that. Um, but there's a, there's a sh- solo show up there of, of the Broken Land series with some 40 by 100 inch prints. Uh, first time I've gotten a chance to print and exhibit those. I think that that's all that's up right at the moment. There'll be some work in Augusta, Georgia at the Morris Museum of Art this fall. Yeah, so you can you can see it there. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much for uh, stopping by and uh, chatting with us. Thank you. This is the high country, home of the wild mountain horses and the men who ride them. I'm the man who shot the man from Snowy River, one and two. When I roll this camera, I only use one brand of film, Kodak. Same when I shoot for myself. Always take them just one place for processing. The place with the same brand, Kodak. Kodak Express. They're the specialists, and you've got to shoot for quality. Hey folks, Matt Marash here. I'm sitting here with uh, Mr. Clay Lipsky. Clay, thanks for uh, having us on the show. Uh, it's great to be here. You had this really crazy awesome presentation. Funny, charismatic, and the work was just just epic. Uh, where, where do I even start with it? You, you'd mentioned you'd got the inspiration for uh, your first series, your most popular series. If someone Googles Mr. Clay Lipsky, they're going to see what series? They're going to see uh, Atomic Overlook. Ooh, sounds epic. And just just plain is. Can you uh, talk a little bit about that series? Well, yeah, it's kind of a historical mashup of 1950s atomic bomb tests with modern day tourism. So it's kind of re-spinning the history um, in a more modern light. What's not to love about that? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone loves Atomic Mushroom Cloud Bomb Blast, but combine that with some uh, chubby tour and you're starting to say something, I guess. Uh, yeah, and you, you'd mentioned, actually, it was uh, something that wasn't... Uh, well, it was equally popular in the United States, but it was especially popular in uh, Eastern Europe. Was that right? Uh, yeah, yeah. This, this uh, I got featured in uh, a blog called Lens Scratch in the United States, but then it soon took off, and it was in every major newspaper in Europe, from Italy to uh, Germany and Switzerland and beyond. Oh, wow. So this is also just kind of a practice in uh, going viral and kind of dealing with the your, your work in the, the digital age as it exists. 
Yeah, you, it did teach me to be careful what you post online because other people might actually be watching. <laughs> or, or stealing it and misusing it or everything and anything related to just when you put your work out in the world and the, when people can right-click or re-click or repost. I mean, but for the most part, it's been a really positive experience opening a lot of doors. Yeah, I mean, in general, yeah. I mean, it was something that, you know, uh, caused me to realize that, you know, I um, had a project that had, was saying something. And uh, so it was good for me as an artist to also contribute something that was socially conscious to the world, to the world of mass media, but also what they taught me the experience of being sucked into the mass media news stream and what that's like to be in the news cycle. Recently, uh, before this year's Photostock, you'd also collaborated with uh, Bill Schwab's uh, Northlight Press to work on one of his 11 plus one series books. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, uh, I was fortunate enough to have uh, Bill uh, approach me and want to publish uh, a series called In Concrete, and it was a series of black and white Polaroids that I had done of, um, I live in Los Angeles, so um, I'm constantly surrounded by the concrete jungle, if you will, uh, of it all. And so it was a series of black and white Polaroids that uh, kind of um, showed the infrastructure of the world. Were you doing this on like a traditional Polaroid or impossible? Or? Well, I use a traditional SX-70 uh, Polaroid camera, vintage camera, but yeah, I use the black and white film from the Impossible Project. Oh, great. So do you have a pretty good working relationship with those guys? Yeah, I've, I've collaborated with them. Uh, I did a series before called Beach Days, which was was a kind of a psychedelic uh, kind of colorful kind of the antithesis of in concrete uh, project with them for a project they had and yeah we have an ongoing dialogue and I, I really support uh, what they're doing that's excellent yeah uh, here at the FPP we sell you know a bunch of Kodak emulsions we, we hand spool a bunch of really weird Eastern European emulsions and sell them to the masses mm. as well as uh, we're an impossible uh, affiliate dealership so yeah, we talk about everything we can. Uh, our main host, Mike Rosso, who's not here, he's a Polaroid junkie. So when you know Impossible was announced, both of us were pioneers. We were in on it and just oh, nice. shooting it all the time. I'm so a it's fa- oh, you get your little metal card and everything. I do. Yeah, I flash it out every time you get a chance. Uh, I don't know where mine is. I do have. One, it's a metal card. It's totally badass. You know, oh, yeah. it's crime deterrent too. You just <laughs> cut somebody with that thing. Uh, but yeah, no. But the great thing about the eleven plus one series I did with Bill is that it's a series of books where he has eleven images in the book, and then you have one original. Oh. Wow. And so I actually, it was a perfect fit for me with that series because I was like, in the, the size of the book was advantageous for an actual SX70 Polaroid. And I was. Yeah, it's, it's just a tiny little, it's not like a full plate or a whole plate size kind of kind of book. Mm-hmm. Opens up like a, what, five by seven inch, something like that? Yeah, yeah, barely. Yeah. So it was perfect. So, so yeah, so I had to go shoot, you know, over a hundred. It's a ser- limited edition series of a hundred, but I had to shoot obviously more than a hundred to get, you know, keepers. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, so that was, a, I don't know, it was a perfect synergy for me of just uh, meet. I mean, I shoot everything, Polaroids, uh, medium format, digital. Um, but that was a great uh, project to have the Polaroid and to have people keep, uh, have originals that actually some I didn't even want to give away. Oh, well, it's still really cool. It's a great way to, you know, get originals into the hands of folks that, you know, are interested in your work. And something really cool to say, the whole book series, you know, every person he's had so far, it's, it's kind of a different style. But that bring it back full circle with consistent layout and then the get, get the original print it's just an awesome series he has right well also and to have you know originals that were handmade by the artist i mean he's got such a great you know tin types and other people working in yeah. different formats and so for me i felt like i was like the younging of the group you know like i'm gonna bring some polaroids like no one's done that and yeah. it was gonna do that and i've shot enough with it so i felt confident that i could you know deliver you know over 100 originals for it so that's excellent so at, at the end of your presentation you were also talking about um, a new series you were working on you actually unveiled a, a, a new book to to the world prior to uh that had not previously been released. Can you talk a little bit about that series, even though it's digital? No. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, yeah, it's a, it's a series called In Dark Light, and it's something that I've been working on for a couple of years. I mean, I've really been getting into books lately, and, you know, a good book is a good edit of images. And so I think that's been my primary concern is, you know, taking a series of, you know, landscapes and, you know, and self-portraits and still lifes and kind of blending them together into forming kind of a narrative. But, yeah, tonight in Photostock was a great opportunity uh, to reveal that, and a bulk of the series was actually shot uh, in Iceland uh, on one of Bill Schwab's uh, Northlight uh, workshops tours. Oh, that's right. So for folks out there who uh, haven't heard of it before, uh, Bill Schwab has these just awesome, awesome trips that he takes out to Iceland. I think uh, Faroe Islands is his next trip. Anything you can say positive about those? Uh, just a great experience. I mean, it was a, it was a great for me as a photographer to be in the company of other photographers, especially with Bill as our leader, you know, our fearless leader, <laughs> driving of us. Of, of, he's been to Iceland many, many, many times, so he knows where to go. He knows what we're looking for. But yeah, it was a great experience, and I, and I think my series benefited from that camaraderie and the adventure of it all. Well, uh, thank you so much for uh, stopping by, chat about uh, what what you've been doing. Uh, it was awesome presentation. Again, very great work. You guys can. Uh, check out uh, Clay's work at? Well, you can go, the easiest way is to goclaygo.com. Ooh, that's a nice URL. <laughs> you can also do my name, Clay Lipsky, L-I-P-S-K-Y.com, but Go Clay Go, probably the easiest place to go. I, I'm also an art director and graphic designer, so I kind of have that as a kind of a fork in the road of my different pursuits, but fine art photography is uh, where my passion is at. Well, again, thank you very much for stopping by. All right. Thank, thanks for having me. Hey there, FPPers. Did you know that darkroom.com now offers sheet film processing? Sheets. That's right. 4x5 and 8x10, black and white, C41, E6 processing. Nice flat rate. Check them out, thedarkroom.com. Click on sheet film processing, fill out your form, ship it in. They'll process it, send it back, lickety split. They have excellent customer service. They do a great job. Consistent, dependable, thedarkroom.com. Check them out today. Yo! Hey folks, Matt Mirage here. I've got a calm tone to my voice because it's the last day of Photostock, the recovery day, the travel day, the sad day, all the goodbyes. Before I hit the rickety road, I found uh, Mr. Ryan Zoglin. He does some really, really awesome stuff. He's got to talk to us now about uh, just all that cool stuff he does. Hey, thanks for coming on the show, Ryan. Sure. Glad to be here. So uh, you had probably the most interesting way of presenting your one of prints to us the other day. You you had your pants on and started pulling these things out of your pocket. What what were you showing us the other day? Uh, well, that series was called Talisman, and and um, the the idea with those pieces is that you don't really hang them on the wall. You keep them with you. They're more of like worry stones or good luck pieces. So um, I like the fact that they're. Uh, tangible and you know they're photographs but not really they're more of objects you know uh, more of sculpture kind of thing no it's awesome it's uh just a very different way of presenting the prints and people are guaranteed to have them with them you know in the digital age you can't just carry around an 11 by 14 you know, everyone's showing something on their phone but that talisman someone brings that out of their pocket everyone's always "Ooh, wow, what's that you know every it, there's some mystery about it and yeah well I, you know they're i don't know about mystery <laughs> <laughs> but you know for me there it's just kind of a simple thing i just wanted to make something that wasn't really about like monetary value you know uh, was more about sentimental value i guess and 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 more about the value that the person 
puts into it as opposed to like you know the market or the gallery or you know whatever mm-hmm. and you know it's 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 you know more of a personal piece you know each one is kind of individual and you know i, I always like the saying that you know a dog owner looks like its dog and sometimes oh, definitely yeah. and sometimes when i see when people pick up the piece i kind of look at the piece that they picked because they're all different you know in subtle ways and some not so subtle ways for whatever reason there seems to always be kind of a connection between like what the piece looks like and how I feel like the person represented or represents themselves. No, that's really cool. A lot of folks don't even get the chance to say that because, you know, it's just sometimes a straight print and it doesn't speak too much to the, the individual. These are a little more kind of personalized. It feels. Yeah, well, they're, they're, they really are supposed to. I mean, even though the imagery is, in, in a lot of the cases, it's imagery I choose, you know, I still think a lot of people find somehow a connection to, you know, whatever the piece is. And, you know, again, I just like that they're really personal. And, and I just got tired of the wall. I mean, I just got, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I really got sick of printing, matting, framing, wall. And then, you know, then you send them off to, you know, a gallery or a show. And then they come back, you put them in a box and put them in your basement, you know, in their closet or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they disappear until, you know, hopefully you get a next show or whatever. Um, and, you know, what I like about these is, you know, people that I've given them to or have purchased them from me um, tend to keep them with them, you know, tend to show me months or years later, you know, they still have it in their pocket or purse or, you know, something like that. And, you know, for me, I think it's awesome. I mean, I, 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 I do feel like, you know, there's now a connection between mm-hmm. me and them and them and the piece, you know, and, and, and that stuff. But in, in a sense, it's not really for me. It's, it's you know, it's, it's for them. Someone told me recently that they had a, a button from a sweater that their aunt had given them 20 years ago, and she's had it in her purse for 20 years, and she doesn't know why. And I say, yeah, you know why, because you know if you take that button out of your purse, your life's going to go to hell. Yeah. So you keep that button in your purse because <laughs> yeah. it's your little good luck charm, and that's, and that's why you hold on to it. So it's kind of the same thing with these pieces. Very cool. Yeah. And can you speak a little bit about the the content, uh, you know, of the pieces, like wh- how you choose that content? You know, I I I don't know. I I like frivolous things. You know, I mean, the airplanes flying are, are very frivolous to me. You know, you spend millions of dollars on these very cool machines, toys, and, you know, they do these very simple things in the sky, you know, twirls and twists and and things like that. And uh, and the balloons, you know, with mostly the tallest men, it's kind of the same thing. It's just kind of a frivolous thing. It's not anything real serious. And, you know, the idea with these pieces, as I tell people, is it's, it's kind of scientific in that, you know, when, I, when people ask me to do like a... Um, an artist statement, the artist statement starts out with purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, the purpose of these pieces are to enlighten your day, to make your day better, to to build sentimental value as opposed to monetary value. And and you know, it's I always joke it's for that time of the day when you're just not feeling you know, things just aren't going your way your way. You pull your little piece out of your pocket, you look at it and you know, it completely changes your mood takes you away from the situation you're in so that's what i really like about them you know my personal piece is a little piece i have two one is of a balloon and another one is of my son and even you take that piece out of my pocket i mean you cannot smile when i look at that picture of my son i mean it's like you know no matter how i feel where i am if i take that piece out and look at him it changes my attitude 
almost immediately. So that's great. Yeah, they're powerful. They very much are. And so, uh, for folks at home that want to, you know, get a closer look at your work, uh, what's the easiest way for folks to find you? Uh, probably my website's probably the easiest thing. Uh, www.rphoto.com. That's R F O T O S opposed to P H O T O. That's still that's a it. pretty good URL. Pretty easy to use. Okay. Yeah, I was uh, I was very early in the game. I, a lot of the folks that show up to Photostock, usually on the old school side of things, film shooters, uh, where do you fall on that side of the fence? Does it matter? Do you, you know, just use what you use? Or? Yeah, I pretty much use what I use. I mean, I haven't really been, you know, digital. I, I work fluidly, and it's like one of those things where, you know, a great tennis player doesn't have to think about hitting a forehand anymore or a serve. They, they just know. It's all muscle memory. And I feel the same way about... You know, film. I just don't really need to think about it anymore. It's just, it's just intuitive, and I don't have that with digital. I mean, with digital, I keep running into how do I do this, how do I do that, you know, and I just, I can't in my mind visually figure out how to get from X, you know, to Y. But I can easily do that in film. You know, if I was born 20 years later, I would probably be completely different. Mm -hmm. You know, I probably wouldn't be fluent in film, and I'd probably be fluent in things like Photoshop and stuff like that. Am I against digital? Absolutely not. No. I mean, it's a tool in a toolbox, and, and that's what it is. I mean, if I'm selling something on the Internet, hell no, I'm not shooting film. Yeah. You know, if I'm putting something on eBay or trying to sell something or, you know, Facebook or something, I'm probably not shooting it on film. So really, it just yeah. boils down to what you're experienced with and the means means to the end. So. Yeah, it's kind, of a, it's kind of a means to an end. And, and, you know, I'm really not sold yet on the digital print. I mean, and I know they're becoming more and more acceptable. I'm just not really there yet. Um, I, I probably will be eventually. You know, I'm, you know, for me, every tool is just a tool to get you to where you want to go. You know, and I'm sure eventually I will need those tools for whatever project I'm on to say, hey, if I want to get from here to there, I'm going to have to use Photoshop. I'm going to have to do something digital. I'm going to have to use a digital camera. Um, but I do shoot a lot of color. My color works, you know, that's why I got the digital cameras to shoot to shoot my color work. Um, so it, it does get a lot of use. All right, and my last question I always ask uh, folks because Photostock is such a unique event, so many talented, inspiring, really driven photographers coming together in one place. What is your favorite aspect of Photostock and meetups like Photostock? Uh, well, it, it's the camaraderie. I mean, I think when you do something like this and um, you don't have people around you who also do it, sometimes you think like you're the only one in the world and you, know, you kind of live on an island a little bit. And, you know, sometimes it's a little bit harder to get feedback, you know, uh, uh, when you're isolated. I'm not saying I'm isolated, but it's hard to... I, mean, I guess what I'm saying is what it's great is to realize that there are like-minded people in the world who are just as crazy as you are. Definitely. Crazier. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's good. I did have somebody complain once about things like this, and uh, he's like, you know, I'm not going anymore to these events just to get more Facebook friends. You know, it's like, I can understand that, you know, uh, uh, but I think you're taking it too seriously then, you know. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you're expecting sales or, you know, a big show. I don't know what what is expected, but I think he's talking more about, like, portfolio reviews and stuff, oh. as opposed to this, which is really just, it's just a great get-together, 
you know. Definitely. I've never really seen it as, you know, um, there's no business end game for me coming here. It's, it, again, what you said, just coming in. You know, now they're seeing friends I've made over the past four years I've been coming. How, how long have you been coming to Photostock? This is actually the first time. Oh, well, welcome. Yeah. yeah I'm glad I, to have you. Right. I, I met um, I met Bill in Chicago la- uh, last year, maybe two years ago at um, the Filter Photo Reviews. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, I don't even know why I saw Bill. I have to tell you. I mean, he was on the list. He kind of looked interesting. I'd heard about him a little bit. I thought I'd show him my work. And, and I really didn't think anything would come of it at all. I didn't really expect anything. We had a great conversation. And then for me, that was plenty. And then, you know, a couple months later, he sends me a little text saying, hey, you want to come up and speak at uh, Photostock? And, you know, I, I'm, I don't really do this very often. I, I mean, I like to tell people I live under a rock, which I really do. I don't really get out much. I don't really go to many openings and shows and stuff, and, which is, I guess, kind of selfish in a way. Uh, so, I mean, I, I was definitely reserved about doing it. You can hear right now I've lost my voice because I don't talk much. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the same for uh, anyone that's just here and associate, you know, just getting to know everybody you right, lose right. it real quick so yeah well hey ryan thank you so much for stopping by to talk with us and uh really hope to see you next year at photostock yeah i i, I plan on coming up and wonderful meeting you too matt thanks very much a brand new outboard motor adventure ahead only seconds to take this wonderful picture but that's time enough for mom and her new ansco cadet the a plus snapshot camera from ansco that's always ready when you are Hasn't this happened to you? You see a great picture like this, but it's gone before you can focus your camera. But not with the cadet. You just set this pointer, look through the picture window viewfinder, and it's yours, in color or black and white. No focusing, no dials, no nonsense. No need to pass up those night shots either. Just clip on the cadet flash unit, and you've got it, just as you saw it. The complete cadet camera outfit. Everything you need for easy picture taking is yours for only $11.95. Whether it's color films, black and white films, cameras, or projectors, if it's from Ansco, you know it's A+. Hey guys, Matt Mirage here. Last day of Photostock 2014. Absolutely cannot leave without talking to the man himself, the guy that's responsible for all of this madness and just wonderful stuff that goes on, Mr. Bill Schwab. Hey, how's it going, Bill? It's going great, Matt. Thanks for coming again, and thanks for doing this. Oh, it's it's yeah, the pleasure's all mine. I love coming out of the fourth year. I'm addicted. Uh, you know, I'm already making my plan. I already bu- made my booking for next year. That's what I hear. I hear that they're all full. I heard that the uh, all the closet rooms are gone already. Yeah, it's uh, just a great. It's uh, amazing. Great thing going on. We filled up. The, this in uh, another local hotel and it sounds like the state park this year state park and the best western so we we filled up well we filled up the uh, birchwood the colonial and then part of the best western and the at the state park so it's uh it's really starting to take off yeah this is great you know we're, we're sitting here right now this is not artificial sound folks we're just sitting here in the in the middle of the woods out at bill's house also at the brand new uh workshop facility yes it's going really well i'm uh i'm uh getting pretty close to being completed with the place now but even so we've already had five successful workshops in there since the place was built so everybody that uh i can't thank everybody enough for contributing to that and uh we're putting it to good use and um 
and it will be continually put to good use. There's been a lot of good buzz and a lot of talk with a lot of people in the industry, and there's some good things in the works for it, I think. Very cool. Speaking about the industry, um, kind of a little side note, we had this really, wow, just deep conversation yesterday yeah. about the, what we call it, the state of the art? The state Is of that- the art. And I just wanted to start a discussion about the, our, our position. You know, I mean, we, we talk about our photography a lot here, but there's also the business aspect of this, of all of this, and I wanted to start introducing that into the, the conversation. And as you know, I mean, photography has been going through a lot of changes lately as far as its value and things like that. So we decided to have this little bit of a talk and tried to keep it focused somewhat on that, but it ended up, as you know, spreading out into a lot of different things. And I think we could have talked for a week about it all. There was great opinions on you know, all was. sides of it. Uh, folks from, you know, pretty much every major playing field we had. We had people with media experience, people with right. the art gallery experience. It was just you know, and a lot of them were the speakers that you know came to just talk about their art. But everyone's coming from this different direction, and we're all kind of looking at this moving target, trying to figure out where to go with it. That's it. Is it? Nobody really knows where that target is right now. I mean, the the whole financial aspect and economic aspect of making money as a photographer has shifted so drastically over the last few years that you know nobody really knows where it's going. So you know, my point with this was is that there's so many photographers and we're kind of this big echo chamber with each other, but yet we're really not doing anything to further the uh, the business aspect of it. And a lot of us are being taken advantage of right now with um, you know uh, our work being used online, and but they're not paying contributors and things like that. And it's it's really an upsetting thing to me, and I don't think it's very fair. And I think that something really needs to be done about the industry and. My whole point of this is we've all got to stop giving our work away to people for free for exposure because exposure never leads to anything that, you know, turns into uh, economic benefit. So This is great timing because uh, we just had on one of our past shows we were talking about kind of the legal aspects of, yes. you know, working with your images and while, you know, working with film and, you know, disputing your copyright is one deal because you have the negatives, it's you're still putting it out there digitally so there's all this you know kind of right it's, it's a risky endeavor but it's one you kind of have to take to get it out there right and it's yeah, yeah exactly but it's not so much you know my my thought is not so much on how uh photographers will get ripped off online or have their work used without their permission my idea is more the people that are using letting people giving the permission for their work to be used and not taking any pay in return for that um and I just think that that's a bad road to go down because once you give things away, people will never pay for it again. Wow. So, yeah, folks, it's not just uh, coming out, partying, sharing your prints. You actually learn a whole heck of a lot about the industry, and you get some great, great, great perspective from the from everyone showing up here. So how, right. many, how many did we end up having this year? Uh, we had, I think, just shy of 100 total wow. uh, with registrations and our presenters and things this year. And we had a lot more presenters than we've had in the past. And one thing that I really liked is we've got a lot more industry people coming to the event um, it's kind of caught the attention of a lot of educators and things. So this year we had Carlos Diaz from CCS, and we had Daryl Baird from Flint, and we had other educators here, uh, Elliot Dudick and Meg Griffiths from University of South Carolina. And uh, so, you know, it's really interesting to be having so many different aspects of this, all the way from the people that are hobbyists all the way up to the professionals and the people that are educating other photographers to go out in the world. That's that's comp- just excellent. Yeah, I know. it's... Uh, pinch me you know i mean i can't uh, you know it's becoming so much more than i ever imagined it could be well that's just kind of the way anything grows you know it it eventually gets bigger but you just hope you can guide it in that right direction right from what i saw at the print exchange yesterday i think it's definitely going in the right direction isn't that unbelievable i couldn't believe how many beautiful works there were i mean it's every year the bar gets raised slightly but it was pretty impressive this year yeah i mean uh, we had 48 uh, people enter the print the far more than 48 showed up but there was you know 48 of us that had prints in there and 
you know, everybody was a winner. There was really, really great stuff going yeah. around. If you do plan on coming to Photostock, print your work. So you, not only you can show it, but print your best work and have one in there for the exchange because you're going to get something way better coming out of it. Right, right. And, you know, that's part of the thing, the idea of, the idea of Photostock here, too, is that, you know, the idea of the printed image is very important to us here, you know, and people bring their prints, and it's so much better than looking at radiative light on an iPad or in a, <laughs> in a computer screen to actually hold the print, looking at it through reflective, reflective light and seeing all of its, all of the uh, detail and things that you can't see in a 72 dpi image on your, uh, on your Macintosh or whatever. Wow, yeah, this is... This is great. So, um, you know, I, I talked about I already pre-reg for next year, but there's uh, there's some photo stock going on this fall too. What's uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, well, this fall, what I've decided to do, um, you know, a lot of people were talking about fall, and we've gotten a few fall trips together up here during color time, and you know, um, one of the things that I'm trying to do with the fall version is just kind of dumb it down again. Kind of going to kind of leave the summer one for bringing in the programs and bringing in speakers and bringing in, you know, some heavy hitters in the world. Of photography, um, but also what I, my idea of the fall one is to try to go back to where it was at the very beginning when there was just we're sitting in the clearing where the very first photo stock happened right now, and there was oh, nice. <laughs> fourteen of us around here in tents and around the campfire over there, and that was the beginning of it. And it's since grown quite a bit, a and, little uh, bit, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's grown quite a bit. Um, but what I'm trying to do is take it back to a little bit of that. So the fall version of it that we're going to have in October will be more of a um, just a laid back version. We're not going to have any or organized schedule or presentations or anything like that we're just going to kind of get together and hang out and uh you know do what we do without putting all the pomp and circumstance behind it <laughs> well that's great um and then on the a little more on the businessy side of things um north light press you guys have just had your latest 11 plus one book come out right 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 well it's not quite out yet um oh. it's been announced it's it's at the printer right now and barry's uh through glass which is her wonderful work with um with uh, primates um, through through windows in in Eastern European kind of small zoos and things, oh, and it's cool. it's a wonderful project. And I love the work, and a lot of people that are within earshot right now have probably seen some of it or can look it up really easily. But she's done some very wonderful work. She's been getting a lot of accolades for it. She was in the Critical Mass Top 50 this year, and uh, there goes a chipmunk. <laughs> and then we were, uh, you know, so I'm really lucky to have met her and to have her working with me on this project. Wow, and. Uh, workshops planned for uh fall or coming up soon? Uh, i've got a um in july coming up july weekend of july 28th i have a wet plate workshop that's going to be going on here um you can find that at uh northlightworkshops.com all one word and then um we have the fall version of photostock which is still kind of in the works but that's happening i believe it's october 9th through 12th okay. And then uh, we're already working on the next year's schedule. I've got Kara Kuklis is down in the workshop right now, and Carlos Diaz, and we're all kind of uh, starting to formulate the next year. Oh, that's great. Is, so is Carlos going to speak next year? Uh, Carlos, Hopefully. I, I, I'm hoping that Carlos will be part of it as well. And um, I've been talking to him about um, perhaps uh, setting up some workshops up here that might be connected to CCS, the Center oh, that'd for That would be great. From what he was telling us about the program, the can't be anything but upside oh it's a wonderful program i think it's probably one of the better schools in the country right now going and we're lucky enough to have it right here in detroit or not here in detroit but 300 miles away in detroit (laughs) in our home state and um yeah and uh speaking with carrick i'm trying to schedule him for next year Uh, i might schedule him in twice we had the great holly roberts here this year doing a workshop uh for the week prior to photo stock and she fell in love with the place and is now 
you know, we're already formulating her return. And, um, you know, I've been talking to some other people that I won't talk about right now just because nothing's been confirmed, but there's been so much energy and so much interest in this from some really fantastic people that I am, I'm reluctant to speak about right now, but I think it's going to be some really good things happening up here in the future. Well, cool. Well, yeah, we'll definitely uh, keep touching base. And as we find out more, you guys will be able to find that on the filmphotographyproject.com website. And uh, just again, f- for folks that might be hearing, you know, about Photostock for the first time, where can they find out more uh, about you, Northlight Press, and uh, Photostock? Well, they can look me up on my website, which is BillSchwab.com, and they can also Google me. Um, Photostock now has its own URL. We are at PhotostockFest.com, and that will be a permanent website now. And, and each year we will be. Um, building it up for the new sh- uh, the, the new year, but also archiving all of the speakers and things that have been here in the past. And, and uh, so it's going to be a bit of an online archive of what we've been doing up here for the last 10 years. I can't believe we're almost at 10 years. Next year will be our 10th anniversary. Wow, that's crazy to think. Oh, all right. So the last thing... I, I- Started asking just everybody now. What's your favorite thing about Photostock? You're you're the man. What is your favorite thing about Photostock? Oh, you know, my favorite thing about Photostock is just throwing an event where so many wonderful people and talented people come together. And what I like to see is what comes out of that melding of people, because so many people that are really wonderful in whatever aspect of photography that they do when they get together with other people and actually share physical space with them, it's amazing what comes out of it. And, you know, collaborations and friendships and all kinds of things have grown here. And that's what I really like about it. Um, And unfortunately, this is my saddest day of Photostock. I kind of hate it when everybody goes home because so many people have become such good friends. And, uh, you know, I run around like a crazy man for three or four days and don't really get a chance to spend that much time with everybody like I would like to yeah, so you're running it behind the scenes now so. yeah it's good and you know we're bringing on I was talking with Meg and uh, Meg Griffiths and Elliot Dudick and several other people last night about um, you know the the it's starting to explode is what's happening and like Meg said you're gonna need a bigger boat kind of a thing <laughs> and uh, you know we're already talking about that I'm talking you know I'm gonna start talking to some people about interns and I'm thinking that we're gonna be bringing up some people and start staffing it a little bit better I had I had some people behind the scenes that were helping me again this year but it needs a little bit more you know I'm 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 starting to finally meet my match here and I'm gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to expand out a bit but at the same time our main goal is to keep it with kind of the ethos that we have right now. You know, we want to keep it the kind of check your ego at the door kind of event that it is. You know, there's no, there's no problems with that. There's no, you know, it's just such a very, as you well know, it's just a very laid back event. We're trying to keep it that way. And as these things grow, it can get out of hand. And that's one thing that I'm very much uh, trying to keep a handle on. Well, cool. Uh, thanks again for having us up, Bill. It's always a great event. Always see spectacular work this year is no exception oh thank you so much matt and i I really appreciate you and film photography podcast people for paying attention to us and getting the word out there and uh anything i can do to help in return i'm more than willing to do great uh thanks again bill and uh we'll see you next year yeah thank you so much matt i can't wait
I want to thank everyone for tuning in to this episode of the Film Photography Podcast. Big thanks to Matt, who's been on the rickety road this year to Photostock 2014, and to all the folks at Photostock who attended and hopefully tune in to this broadcast. A quick reminder about Matt Marash's film workshop being held in Columbus, Ohio in August. You can find details at mattmarash.com or right on the Film Photography Project website. Speaking of our website, just a quick mention about our film photography store on our website. We're offering hand-rolled 35mm and now 120 black and white film. Please do consider supporting the Film Photography Project and this podcast by going to our store and making a purchase of some film, instant film, instant film cameras, accessories. We also carry the Unicolor C41. Develop your own color negatives at home. How awesome is that? I hope everyone will tune in in two weeks. Our special returning guest will be Mr. Mark O'Brien. We'll see you then. Until then, here's a great summer song from our good friend, Jim Austin. Jimages.com. See you soon. Like a fox, like a fox, like a fox, like a fox.